I know that um, some forms of advertising that have kind of emerged in the last 10 or 15 years, specifically the web, sometimes that's really hard to measure. Sometimes that's, you know, when somebody comes to you and says, I'm going to do search engine optimization for you, and it's uh, $500 a month. Sometimes I find that um, the, the person could be a great tech, but how do I, as a business owner, do I measure that? You know, like, do you have a, a very unique plan to something like that? Frank, I think I think what you've done here is you've identified something that is one of the biggest challenges right now. Internet virtual marketing is is really becoming the norm at at this point because everybody is so connected. You know, the statistics are there, and mobile usage is up, and and attention spans. I, I read um, some research last week that said that the average attention span now on a desktop computer is eight seconds. If a page hasn't loaded in eight seconds, you're lost. Yep. So, you know, there, there continues to be these challenges. And the, the, the whole idea of, of marketing on the web and marketing on social media, that is, has continued to be one of the biggest challenges mm-hmm. for, for that kind of marketing is it is very difficult, if not impossible, to measure the ROI. So... I'm a big proponent of not relying simply on online marketing. I, of course, as you mentioned in the intro, have been doing marketing since 1984, which was well in advance of of the internet revolution. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was used to doing marketing and creating campaigns using traditional methods, flyers, newspaper ads, radio, TV, different things like that. Um, and I do think that those aspects of marketing shouldn't be ignored. I do think that in this day and age, sometimes people get get online weary as well. And it's kind of a treat for them to actually open up their mailbox and see something in, in, in paper instead of an email or, or something like that. So I, I think that that's one of the things that people can do is don't forget about offline strategies. Mm -hmm. As far as trying to measure stuff online, again, it goes back to your marketing strategy. What is your plan? What are you anticipating to do with your online marketing? Are you trying to drive website visitors? Are you trying to, I mean, once they're on your website, maybe then what you you have is within your website, you have a sales funnel structured. Once they're on your website, you can start to capture some leads that way. You're just trying to drive traffic. Are you um, are are you looking to just get simple exposure? Are you looking to make a, a statement? What is your purpose for using these different tools? Okay, and then um, you make that fit into into what your ROI is. Okay, and that makes sense to me. Now I want to ask you a question. You were talking about offline mark marketing in that. Uh, do you find it you you kind of uh, led to the conclusion in your conversation that it still works. Does it still work? Like, do you find that um, you can actually see a good return on investment if you're doing offline advertising? Absolutely. I can give you an example. I, I did some work with a client early, early this year. Um, he was looking to drive traffic to his website, get more, more eyeballs on his website. Um, he sells um, a, a type of oil field equipment and service. And he was kind of stagnated at around, you know, 280 views a month on his on his website, and he wasn't really doing anything with his website. His website wasn't actually 
that dynamic and that great. Uh, so there wasn't anything really to draw people there. So what we did is we tried to create um, a, a campaign. So we purchased a, a targeted list. We knew who he needed to target in specific a specific geographic location, specific companies, and who the decision maker was within those companies. Then we created a two-sided full-color postcard. One side of it had a picture of what we called the product of the month. And then on the back, it had just a couple of lines about what they were and visit us online. And that one campaign, unfortunately, <laughs> oil prices took a dive and he uh, he canceled the balance of the campaign. The, the goal was to do six mailings, one a month. Um, but in that one mailing, at Christmas time, he was able to generate over 1,200 views on his website. Mm-hmm. So you can marry the online and offline as well. Well, that kind of makes sense, you know, because I was going to say to you, if you had like 200 views in a month, it, he's basically, uh, you know, a sign in the Sahara Desert. She doesn't exist. Exactly. And at 1,200, it's uh, it's becoming more representative. And the, the, the cool thing is, you know, that a 1,000 of those visits, so 200 more, or like 1,000 more than what he had before, were targeted are targeted um, views and interested views. Uh, did you find that it translated to any sales? Uh, it did translate to a sale, and it also got I, – I structured a page on his site that didn't exist that listed all of his equipment that he currently had for sale mm-hmm. uh, with downloadable PDFs, and that jumped significantly as well. Well, that's excellent. So there was definite interest. Yeah, I can see why. Now, how do you how, – now, you actually, I'm, I'm very interested in the fact that you said that, you know, because oil prices plummeted, but he did see results from it. You know, and that's that it, that kind of reiterates the whole thing of what a people's minds marketing is. It's not a tool exactly. to generate revenue. It's a tool to spend money. I know that um, that I need to spend money to make money in my business. You know, I, ne- I know I need to advertise. And when I'm not advertising, you know, I have to advertise somehow. You know, you know that, um, and I'll kind of let in to everybody's listening, know that uh, what I do a lot of advertising through showing my expertise in my field of interest. And I provide lots of information, and I do get lots of, uh, you know, views and advertising from that. But it really is still shotgun advertising. You know, like I'll have 20,000 views and get one customer. Right, right. And and you just did make my point exactly that, that the first thing that he cut was marketing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was really unfortunate because he could have driven, by, by continuing this, he could have driven more traffic because with the plummeting oil prices, they want his services. They want rebuilt pumps. They want somebody who can come out and do maintenance on site on their pumps so that they don't have downtime, so that they don't have to go out there and purchase new pumps. But he saw it, like you say, as money out the door instead of an investment yeah, in yeah. the business. And that blows my mind because if I could see it, if I could see results like literally right away and go, wow, you know, uh, Nancy cost me X number of dollars, but I made X number of dollars above her fee. Hey, I might have broken even at the end of the day, but what happens if she does it again and does it again? Do you find that, you know, that continued effort, that continued push starts to reach a tipping point? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the whole purpose of structuring a marketing plan or a marketing campaign so that it, it 
covers a specific period of time and a specific strategy because you you build upon your successes. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. So you you do find that even when you're doing online or offline or a combination of both, that uh, when you touch the person again and again, you start to build. Is it you're building trust or you're just building? Um, uh, I'm trying to find the right word. Um, familiarity, or, or how do you think authority? that works? Well, yeah, maybe even building, authority. Yeah, they're building. They're building trust without question. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're consistent, when you're giving the, a consistent message, people that subconsciously builds trust in the minds of of your prospects and clients, because you are targeted. You are you are presenting yourself as an authority in a certain area. And if you're consistent with that, of course, people are going to have some believability in it. Mm-hmm. And and then what you do is you start to get the referrals and you start to get um, uh, people who will give you testimon- uh, testimonials, things like that. I mean, that's one thing I'm horrible at. I continually forget to ask people for testimonials. But uh, it's a very, very important factor and, and even getting more so. You know, and one of the things about online marketing, too, is is these reviews. So what happens is, unfortunately, it's usually the people who are unhappy that go on to do the review. It's yeah, like, if you're content or, and everything's great, you know, then you just kind of chime on and you don't say anything. Yeah, and it, and it, it creates a bit of a double-edged sword when, when you do, when you get the Google reviews and you see that there's, you know, 57 people were up unhappy. Well, maybe there were 5,700 who were thrilled. Mm-hmm. So part of so, that marketing is trying to ensure that the people whom are happy leave a uh, positive review. And make that as easy as possible for them make to do. It, yeah, I could see that, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you have, to, you have to make sure people are all busy. And very seldom will people really take time out of their busy day, their busy schedule, to go out of their way to do something. You know, I'm not saying people never do, but it's just they're not trying to be rude or ignorant. They just they just don't have time in their day. It's not a priority. But if you can make it completely simple, and at the end of of whatever it is that you did for them, a product or a service, just send them a simple a simple email or something that has a link that says you know click on here if you're happy or something. Just make it easy. Mm-hmm. I have found in today's day and age uh, something as simple as a letter in the mailbox saying thank you so much. Yes. Is it's so rare that it stands out. Back to offline, right? Yeah. Well I had something, I had one different. person who I was doing business with and they sent me a thank you for doing me doing the work that I'm doing for them and I actually called them up and I said, You know something? Thanks for the check, but thank you so much for the thank you note. Yeah, exactly. Because so often we never get thanks. You know, you wonder Gee, do they are they happy with what I'm doing or are they not? And you know, it it means a lot. I remember back about uh, 20 years ago, there was uh, a, a friend of mine worked for a bank, and one of her supervisors had them all create what they called a me file, and any kudos that they got, they were supposed to print off and put in their me file, and then when they felt down and out, read your me file. Hmm. It boosts you back up, mm-hmm. and you know that is that is important. I did I did some work. I, I have a client right now. I'm still doing some work, but one of the one of the things I did for him is I was able to obtain some uh, federal funding uh, towards this project, 
uh, and liaised with the uh, with the group at the federal level that was providing the funding. And I, I'm done dealing with them now. But the woman who was in charge of the project at that level actually sent me an email and said about how much everybody in the department enjoyed working with me and how helpful I was. That means a lot. Mm-hmm. That means a lot when you get that little pat on the back. It means that somebody appreciated that you did go that extra mile, that you worked hard to make sure things were clear and concise and, and easy for them to do. And that's a great testimonial, you know, like taking that letter or that email and making it part of your, your uh, testimonial page is magic, I think. Well, and that's a good point. That's something I haven't done yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, 